At the T-minus three-minute mark, tape recorders on board the spacecraft were turned on. These recorders record both voice and data. This is WOMMLP operating on Burlington, Vermont, 105.9 The Radiator. Good evening. It's The Rocket Shop. I'm your host on Proxy, and with me tonight is Frankie Wright. Hello. Hi, how are you doing? Good. Frankie White. I do apologize. Uh, slip of the tongue there. Um, pretty good. Uh, excited to hear you play this evening. We like to kick it off with a song, so what have you got for us? Yeah, for sure. Thank you guys so much for having me. This first song is called The Alternative. It's one of the most recent ones I've written.
alternative that's a gorgeous song you've got a very powerful voice thank you so much it works so well with the piano thank you do you want to tell us a little bit about the song yeah for sure so it's called the alternative um i think i wrote it back in february so it's about um being into someone but it's i don't know it's a really pessimistic song it's kind of about wondering what a relationship with someone would be like and then just being like ah, oh, well you know we either end up alone or, or die or you know it's <laughs> <laughs> it's really depressing, but um, it was a really like it was really powerful for me at the moment, and I really like resonate with it still. So I think it's one of the most uh, it's one of my favorite songs at the moment for sure. I think if you write any songs in February, the likelihood is it will end up being quite depressing. A hundred percent. Yeah, very depressing month. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself, um, kind of where you're from, and when you started playing and started performing. Yeah, for sure. So I'm 23 years old. I am from Colchester, Vermont originally. Grew up there until I was 16. Then I went to a boarding school in New Hampshire just for fun, because why not? Um, I graduated from there in 2019. Then I moved to New Orleans for school. So I studied uh, popular commercial music. I spent four years in New Orleans. It was amazing. I had a blast. I made a lot of really, really good friends. Um, made a lot of really good connections down there. It was awesome. Had a housing crisis, so I <laughs> really suddenly ended up moving back to um, Colchester, Burlington area, but it's been amazing, and I'm really lucky to be back. I really took it for granted while I was here, you know, growing up and not having a car and feeling stuck in that one little spot. So I was able to, now that I have a car, I feel like my entire world is like expanded now that I'm back. So it feels really, really awesome. But yeah, as well as just kind of other, some other details about me. I have an older brother by eight years. So he was a huge Radiohead, Death Cab for Cutie, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Local H, Weezer, big Weezer person. So that mixed with like Ingrid Michaelson, Birdie, really sad stuff. They kind of combined. And so I kind of like took both those to kind of mix into my own sound. I started learning on piano. Really, really wish I was good at guitar because I think I would have a really different sound if that were the case. So it is kind of interesting to kind of think about what kind of sounds might have happened considering different instruments. Because I think piano and my voice go together well, but it's also interesting to kind of consider um, the songwriting differences as well on other instruments. Uh, you play with a couple of bands, right, around mm -hmm. town. Um, so I'm assuming you play with other people who do play guitar and you've been playing music for a long time. So it's not like you've not encountered folks that mm -hmm. play guitar. <laughs> Um, do you feel like your your sound does change when you you perform or you practice with those folks? Oh, it changes a lot. So it turns into like a rock vibe for sure, which is very interesting just because um, 
piano is a very like vulnerable thing for me. It's very much like, oh, like I wasn't happy in high school, like going home to my room, like there's my keyboard. It's like a very, it's very intimate experience for myself. So it honestly, when I do live performances, I try to stray away from piano just because I think, um, I don't know, it just feels more, it's, it's something that I like to kind of save for myself. And I like to have kind of those more big moments with the guitar and those more powerful instruments for kind of like that show, bigger band kind of style. Do you usually play with uh, with a number of folks with as Frankie White, or is it kind of Frankie White and then is he solo project and then one band, another band? Yeah, so I play with uh, a great great band right now. We're called Frankie and the Fuse. So we actually have a residency on Red Square every Thursday from six to eight p.m., which is amazing. Um, Max Anderson, Andrew Greenberg, Cal McCandless to name a couple in the band. They're like amazing, best musicians I've worked with, some of the best for sure. And I'm also working with um, Grace Palmer and Ryan Estes in another different collaboration called Honey and Mabel that also plays on Red Square every Thursday from like 8 to 11.30. So different vibes. Honey and Mabel is very much a, a folk kind of collaboration. Frankie and Fu in the Fuse is kind of my own project, which is more kind of like, it kind of explores that Weezer kind of like 90s grunge kind of side of me for sure. Yeah. Um, so Red Square is a really interesting venue, mm -hmm. like mostly because it seems like kind of glamorous busking because the, <laughs> the stage looks right out into exactly. Church Street and everyone can hear you as you walk past. Um, what's your reception been like with both bands? Have you, what's the kind of audience been like? How have people reacted to you? Mm -hmm. So it was actually funny that you mentioned that. So the other day I was browsing Reddit and I saw this on like the Burlington subreddit. They were like, I don't know what's going on with the Red Square um, like posts, but I, w I, me I meant to see this band and I accidentally saw Frankie and the Fuse and they were good, but they weren't what I was expecting. So I feel like that's kind of been the <laughs> core of our audience since we're a really new band. People kind of keep stumbling upon us. <laughs> so it's been a really fun experience to kind of watch people poke their heads in and just be like, ah, like mm. this is what that is. It's, so it's really funny because, I mean, we've only been playing the residency for the past two or three weeks. So we've only played live together a total of probably three times. So we're definitely still expanding the fan base, definitely still finding our people and our sound. But for right now, I think um, UVM students kind of seem to vibe with us for sure. And um, yeah, definitely those kind of like um, millennial, like 30-year-old people who had like the 90s, like early 2000s kind of like sense of music style for mm. sure, I think resonate with us. Um, anytime I've been in there, it's been like, five old guys exactly uh, very good yeah. on guitar but <laughs> definitely reliving parts of their youth but yeah. it seems to resonate with the crowd definitely uh, i also feel it also depends entirely on the time of day that you're playing if you're playing very at true. noon then it's going to be a very different crowd if you're playing at like seven mm -hmm. um but you must have been playing for quite a while obviously you went to school for music so when did you start writing and performing your own stuff yeah so i started writing um when i was 10 probably I'm actually going to play my first song that I ever wrote for you guys tonight. So that'll be exciting. Um, yeah, so I actually, it started as a joke, really, because my sister was sick one day, and she's like my best friend in the world. She's two years older. She's awesome. She was sick, and I carried my keyboard up to her room for some reason. I don't know. She didn't ask for it. Like, I was just like, you know what I'll do? I'll, I'll play for you. And so I just started, like, making up songs, and my mom was listening, and she was like, you know, like, how moms are? She was like, that is the most amazing thing I've ever heard. I'm just, like, putting together, like, rhymes. I'm just like, stop, mom. Like, no, it's not. But <laughs> that, like, it was honestly really cute. Like, she gave me motivation, and it kind of made me feel like, huh, like, maybe this is something that I should do more often. Like, this is fun. I enjoy doing this. And 
from there, it really stemmed into something that I was really passionate about and kept doing for sure. So is the song you're playing tonight something you wrote when you were 10? Yes. Interesting. <laughs> how how does that look or how does that feel kind of going back to it? Or is it something you, you've continually played since you were 10 and it's kind of yeah. evolved I kind of, it's kind of a joke a little bit, <laughs> but I think, you know, but it's also, I think there's some factors in it that, that are good enough for it not to be a joke. You know what I mean? The song is called Girlfriend. It's so funny because I, I was 10 years old. What did I know? Right. <laughs> but, um, it's one of my favorite songs to play for sure. Just cause I love to be like, Oh, I wrote this song when I was 10. So it sounds very like infantile, like this is why, mm. but it's really fun for sure. Do you go back to it quite regularly or is this kind of like a little one-off because it you're, really, you're playing yeah, today? It really, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to, to no, interrupt you. Um, it really uh, depends on the kind of the set. If it's something where like we're like we're in the middle of a gig and we still have a lot of time, I'm just like, let's just throw it in there and it'll be a fun little story. Why not? Are you the sort of uh, singer who does kind of interact with the audience quite a lot? Do you tell oh, the I, audience? I love to. Yeah, I love to interact with the audience for sure. And I think it's such a big part of the performance too because I think that... Um, you know, that's really how you can get people, more people to engage with you is if you, if you give them an experience and not just perform it at them, kind of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, do you ever have any negative reactions when you do this? I mean, it's kind of a... Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, used to, uh, I used to live stream on Reddit for a long time, so I got a lot of, a lot of negative comments on there, but I, I've, you know, I've read this thing where if you're not getting hate comments, then you're doing something wrong. So, mm. yeah. The audience's not big enough. You, yeah, exactly, yeah. right. <laughs> um, well, we'd love to hear another song. So what have you got for us? Thank you so much. Yeah, this is this is called Girlfriend. This is the song I wrote when I was 10. This is what I get For doing my best A broken voice from this compliment is now everything I've been dreaming has been wasted, 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 wasted And you don't care why I'm jealous It's cause she has you Yes, so maybe the one you hold in But as you do, I can tell she's still on your mind So let me in after all, I'm your girlfriend, 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 girlfriend And he's better than you in a lot of ways He never tells me how to behave I am not occur to you, but I hate it when you tell me what to do Girlfriend there by Frankie White. 
Uh, it's pretty sophisticated for a 10-year-old. Yeah. So I was going through things at 10 years old. I don't know what I was feeling. I was probably reading a lot of books at the time. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you must have drawn on some kind of influence. There had to be something else because, I mean, I was not experiencing any of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as you said, you kind of went down to New Orleans um, after after you finished high school to do um, music. And as you if, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it was creating music for like commercial yeah so it's it's specifically like popular it's it's called popular commercial music so the whole thing it's a really really cool major actually it's a pretty new one where it's really it's songwriting classes mixed with business so it's really just for the independent musician really it's amazing yeah it's awesome how did that influence your music do you do you now write in a style or that maybe it's catchier or with better hooks or whatnot because of that um, has it kind of changed the direction of the kind of music that you now make? Yeah, so I would say maybe it didn't change the direction, but it's honestly, it's helped me a lot in terms of writing choruses. It used to be horrible at writing choruses because the catchiest parts, I feel like, of my music originally were always the verses, and then the choruses would come, and I'd just be like, like, I don't know, I don't... <laughs> I don't know what I would put down. It was like, felt very unnatural to me. And then after taking a couple classes, they were just like, oh, like, you know, the chorus should be a hook. It shouldn't just be some random blob that, you know, people just pass by. The verse should not be the catchiest part of your song. And I was like, ah, like, there you go. That's, that really stuck with me. And that definitely changed the course of how I wrote some of my songs. And I think helped me produce some of my best, best material for sure. Yeah. And I mean, obviously New Orleans as well, incredibly well-known city for all sorts of music. Mm -hmm. Um, Outside of class, what were the musical scenes you were drawn to and how's that affected you? Yeah. Um, so before moving to New Orleans, I was never a jazz gal. Uh, I did like a jazz summer camp once and I don't know why because like it just, I'm very shy when it comes to like improv. And so, I mean, me at like age 12 and like a Flynn Arts like jazz camp, like the whole thing was like, ugh, like cringe. But <laughs> um, when I went to New Orleans, I really discovered kind of, how there's just more to jazz than like, you know, the stuff that you hear really, it's like a whole immersive experience. It's insane. So just being in a city where like, I didn't know if I was going to appreciate all the music and all the culture. And then I don't know, walking down Frenchman street and every single door that you see is just like a mirage of music. Like there's just new sounds coming from every direction and every single thing is pulling you in. It's like the most magical experience ever. So that was amazing. And I don't know if I, I don't really like jazz chords that much in my own music, so I don't know if it altered my playing per, like specifically, but it definitely opened my mind to new kind of styles that I like and definitely take inspiration from. Um, but yeah, I I loved New Orleans and definitely loved the culture and the music. I grew to love it for sure. It was amazing. Did you play a lot down there? Did you have any bands or were you playing solo? Yeah, so I was in a, I was in a band with... I was in a couple. I was in three different bands. So there's two artists. There's one named um, Lila DePaul, She's a phenomenal singer-songwriter. She's one of my best friends. We're do planning on doing a show together in New York City in a few months. Um, she, You guys should look her up. Lila DePaul. It's D-I-P-A-U-L. Um, I was in her band for a long time. We did a couple tours around like the South States, Alabama, um, Atlanta, uh, South Carolina. She, that was an amazing experience. We were all really, really good friends with the band. Uh, saying goodbye to them was really, really hard because we got to be quite close. We were all really, really good friends. The other band I was in, um, it was under the name Mia Day, who's gotten really popular as well. She's also a phenomenal singer-songwriter. Um, yeah, so those were kind of a couple names where the bands were just amazing, really, really amazing experiences. And then I started my own project 
kind of late around like probably two years before I left New Orleans. Um, so I definitely played around a good amount. There's a lot of connections to be had, but I definitely didn't try as hard as I'm trying now. <laughs> I see. And was that tour that you went on, which is sounds pretty expansive for, <laughs> yeah. for a tour, to be honest, was that the first experience you've had a tour and kind of playing in new venues and in new cities and yeah. not really not to expect? Yeah, it really was. And it really surprised me how hard it was. Just, you know, just five people who you think are your best friends packed in this car. And then a week goes by and you were just like, get me out, like, <laughs> get me out away from these people. It's insane. But <laughs> overall, though, it was a really, really good experience. And it was interesting to kind of be like, OK, like this is what my life would be like, you know, if I decided to go down this route. And it's a hard it's a hard way to live for sure. But um, it's really it really like drew me in and I really love it for sure. And I think something that was hard is finding new ways to make every single night that you're playing the same music different and immersive and feel more special for you, even when you're so sick of playing the same song a million times in a row. Um, but I think that's where the audience connection really takes the performance to the next level, for sure. Was there any particularly standout gigs or standout states where you're like, oh, yeah, South Carolina, that's the place you want to go to next, or, mm. or Georgia, that's the place I really want to go to if I'm going to go do my own tour. Yeah, we uh, in Atlanta, we had a sold-out show, and it was ama- the a lot of, uh, I don't know how it happened, but a lot of the crowd actually like knew a lot of the songs. I don't, I genuinely don't know, understand how, because I don't think we had like many connections there, but they were singing along to like a lot of our original music. It was, and that in itself is such a magical experience to just be recognized. Cause a lot of times when you're playing publicly, people aren't going to acknowledge you or acknowledge your sound. And so just that acknowledgement of just being like, we like what you're doing. Like we listen to you just, that was amazing. That was, I lived for that. It was awesome. Yeah, and obviously you're going to go play in New York and you've still got some of these connections. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you see those those folks that you kind of played with in New, uh, New Orleans kind of maybe a route into the music industry? Is that what you're kind of trying to angle for? Um, I'd say so. Yeah, probably. I definitely am going to keep strong in those connections for sure, but it's more so I just feel like personally really, really close to them. So I do kind of feel like um, if there are opportunities, then we're going to find them for each other for sure, which is kind of a special thing. Um, Because I think music aside, we genuinely do really, really care for each other, which is something you don't find every day in a band, which is awesome. Yeah, I was going to say, actually, so I know the Vermont scene does have it it's kind of reputation of being quite friendly in comparison to a lot of other cities. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know Nashville's pretty cutthroat. I know New York City's (laughs) very (laughs) cutthroat. Um, New Orleans, what's the vibe there? Is that Because it obviously is a big musical city. There's probably is quite a lot of competition out Mm -hmm. there. Or do you find most folks are willing to help each other out, maybe take a chance on folks? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so for jazz, I'm sure it's a lot more cutthroat. Sure, the experience is very, very different from my experience. But with pop music there's much more of a smaller scene for it. And so there's a lot of venues that are constantly looking for new people. There's not as much, maybe it's not even that there's not as much competition. It's just everyone is so like constantly just being like, oh, like I booked this gig last week. You sound amazing. Here's the phone number. Like just constantly throwing stuff towards other people who they believe deserve to be heard. So I think it was amazing, the non-competitiveness, like honestly, just the opportunities that would come my way just because of just the kindness of other people. And, you know, once you're thrown in, then you can start to do the same thing for other people. So maybe it was just like the post-grad kind of scene, but it was just a really amazing community that Uptown New Orleans to be a part of, for sure. With other people in your program, did you find a lot of them kind of came out of it and rather than going into maybe creating 
music commercially? Did they kind of go the route of having their own bands? And has anyone kind of come out of that program that you're in? that you know of i mean yeah. did, did anyone kind of get successful or big or anything yeah for sure um so mia day is gotten pretty pretty um has her name oh you know actually there's a a girl not from my school that i went to but the school next door her name's grace gardner her tiktok blew up of course so she went on tour with uh i think it's like tiny little tiny small things or something do you guys know what i'm talking about Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So she went on tour with them. She got really big because of TikTok, as one does in this day and age, um, which is incredible. So we, yeah, um, she's one of my really good friends as well. So yeah, a lot of cool people have come out of that school and that that area for sure. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, well, we would love to hear another song. So what have you got? Awesome. Thank you so much. This next one is called No In Between. It's her fault Did that make you feel better for long? Didn't care if it upset her Yeah Yeah My drink's gone He screams you should get sober for one Cause I fight back when I'm Makes no sense to me How could I play the victim If I don't know I'm a victim Makes no sense to me Or just a symptom Of a fucked system I feel forced to be A pushover I feel forced to be I 
Frankie White. Um, so I've noticed, and after listening to some of your music on Spotify as well, you sing about quite a lot of vulnerable moments in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, College Dropout, for instance, I'm sure was mm-hmm. is talking about <laughs> something that's obviously quite quite personal to you. Mm-hmm. Um, is it cathartic and powerful to write and sing about these moments in your life? How how do you kind of go and have these moments and be like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm going to take this to the public. I'm going to yeah. share this out. For sure. So I think my one song I'll see might be referencing is I have a, a song out there called Unwanted Touch. Mm. Um, obviously by the title, guessing you can know what that one's about. Actually, I've wanted to remove that one for kind of some time, but I also played that on Reddit and that one got the most traction. So I'm just like, if I can make any sort of money on that, then sure, for sure, I'll do what I can, you know? Um, I don't really like that kind of vibe to be the full story anymore. That was kind of an era of my life where some stuff happened and I was like, you know what? I really, really want to share this. I really want to talk about it. I really want to connect with other people about it. And now I'm in an era where I'm just like, you know what? I don't really feel the need to do that as much. Um, But I think, so I'm not going to play those songs live ever, probably. Kind of like those deeper ones that are kind of about really like touchy subjects for sure. Um, So those ones probably won't see the light of day in terms of a live show for some time. But um, I'll definitely leave them there if, if I can make some monetary value off them, for sure. This song, um, No In Between, this is about kind of my journey with kind of sober curiosity. Just, I was, uh, I had some roommates who were just drinking all the time, and they were just, like, we were all drinking all the time, and just, uh, I, I'm sure, like, if anyone, I mean, everyone here is, like, a college student, right? Like, I'm sure you guys, like, have that kind of feeling of just, like, oh, like, everyone's drunk, like, there's so much going on. Like, no one knows what's happening. That's kind of what the song's about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and just kind of finding that journey, that balance into kind of being like, all right, you know what, maybe this isn't the healthiest way to be living life. Maybe this isn't the happiest I could be. So that's what that song's about specifically, for sure, as well. Does it? Uh, do you, do you ever get nervous about singing some of these songs in public? And obviously, you got a few on you. Kind of like I'm mm-hmm. not singing these in public, yeah. at least for a few years yet. Mm-hmm. And it's a bit more distance between yourself and and the event itself that you are singing about. But uh, even stuff like no in between. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I honestly like even playing girlfriend is there's some vulnerability there because mm-hmm. you know ten years you're ten years old when you wrote yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So how does it feel to kind of tell stories that? Uh, often we get artists on here that kind of that their songs are very much up for interpretation, whereas mm-hmm. yours are quite literal. Yeah. How does it feel about laying out those stories in front of people? Um, I've been doing it for so long that it kind of feels normal at this point. But also, I do get kind of frustrated sometimes because some people are so good at just painting other people's stories, like stuff that they have no idea how they could. But for me, it's like I journal and then I and I songwrite, and it's just. I haven't done a lot of trying to capture other people's stories. What I know is kind of from my own experiences and it's very literal and it's very kind of, I don't know, a lot of my songs are kind of like intense and they're very, you know, it is what it's about. And, you know, sometimes it is hard just because it's people reading my journal essentially. Um, So I definitely 
do struggle with it for sometimes. It definitely depends on the crowd and who I'm playing with. I don't know if I'd want to be playing uh, some of these songs like with the roommates, for example. <laughs> <laughs> but um, for the most part, though, I'm pretty pretty comfortable playing them. It just, but I would for sure like to expand my abilities in terms of capturing other people's stories and um, really kind of creating my own stories and kind of portraying different things that I haven't experienced personally. Yeah, um, and let's talk a little bit about your EP, so Short Fuse, mm -hmm. um, which is, imagine where the, the title of your band come from as well, is, mm -hmm. uh, is that. Um, so that came out last year. Take us through a little bit the process of getting that record created, because you had a few singles before that. What made you decide, all right, I'm going yeah. to stick down a, an EP? Well, I was recording a bunch of stuff for class, and the EP was kind of formed based off that. And for some reason, I decided not to get anything mastered. I did the entire thing myself. Um, and so I actually just re-recorded the entire EP. I'm going to re-release it as a full album, which is exciting. I'm not totally proud of it, to be honest. Um, it, was, it was some work. I was talking to my dad about it. My dad has this very strong opinion. He's like, if you make anything, you should just put it out because if people are like, people might listen to it. People might make money off it. In the meantime, while you're creating something else, it's good to just have something under the profile that people can listen to, even if it's not your greatest work. And I do kind of embody that, and I think it's very true. And I think part of what's hard about being an artist is finding that balance between getting it good and getting it out. Um, so... I think having something just under my name, I'm satisfied with that in itself. So are you are you saying that the EP itself is something you, you, you're not a massive fan of and so you're creating this album? Um, yeah. <laughs> so, Pretty much, yeah. So this, this album is going to be full length, it's going to be like 10, 11 songs. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so you've already got the, the, the repertoire for that, you've already got all these songs written? Yes, they're all recorded already and um, I'm just waiting to, they're currently in the process of being mixed and mastered. I have a music video coming out in the next couple months too. So I'm re-releasing this album. I don't think it's going to be called Short Fuse anymore, but um, can I, is it okay if I talk a little bit about why the album was, yeah, why Please. I did it Short Fuse? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I have really, really bad ADHD. Um, so kind of hence, hence the name short fuse. Um, there's been a lot of instances, especially just in college, you know, with just a lot of partying and just a lot of, it's new Orleans for God's sake. So you know what that's like? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, just kind of having this kind of like ADHD, there's just like this sort of like, you know, anger that kind of goes off if I, if I drink a whole bunch. <laughs> Which um which isn't which isn't good and it's not healthy, but that's what went into naming the album for sure, and that's also why I kind of um took a step back from drinking as well. Um, but it's really just kind of exploring that kind of like deeper side of me for sure. Because I think listening to just the music firsthand, I don't think you would really think that I'm a very angry person or have kind of like those inner like a lot of those inner deep feelings, but I do for sure. And so it's really fun to kind of and interesting to kind of like have those kind of play out in my music and kind of talk about those experiences in my music as well. Do you, you use music as somewhat therapy? Because you, it is quite melodic, it's slow, it's very soulful. It, does that kind of calm you down? Um, yeah. I mean, I did notice there was a lyric in another one of the songs you've, I think it was known between, mm -hmm. uh, where you mentioned like therapy just makes you feel crazier. Mm -hmm. is, is this your alternative way of kind of dealing with that? I would say so. Sometimes, I mean, I overthink myself to death for sure. It feels like 
I'm, I'm sure a lot of people here have ADHD as well, but um, just, you know, like there's so many voices in your head that just won't be quiet that even having another one on top of that, it's just like, who do I listen to? You know, it's, it's crazy. So this and running for sure. I'm actually a little, uh, I'm not embarrassed per se, but I wasn't really planning to do like a whole photo shoot and everything. I just came from like an eight mile run before this, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny. Um, but yeah, these, this and running for sure, like my two, I kind of noticed that if I really start to put all of it into my, all of like therapeutic energy into my songwriting, I do kind of, it doesn't heal me all the way because I'm just kind of writing about sad things, you know? Mm. So it's, it's not fully getting me to the spot where I want to be, but running solves that just like that for sure. So do you find you see a difference when you play with folks with guitars and stuff? And as you said, you kind of got that grungier early 2000s mm -hmm. sound. You kind of get a bit more of the, the aggression out. I have is, a lot more fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is, yeah. Do you find you, you, you feel better after that or, or actually, you know, you actually do need to sit down with the piano sometimes because mm -hmm. it's what you know. Yeah. It's, it is so unbelievably fun to play with the group. Like that song, No In Between, I wish you could hear that live um, one day soon. That one's on going to be on the album, but uh, that, so there's no piano, like not really any piano in the live performance. Like when we play at a Red Square, it's like all guitars are doing all the riffs and everything. And it's like, this like rock anthem kind of and it just sounds so cool and it's the one that people get most excited for and I think it's like one of my favorites for sure so playing playing it right now and and experiencing that with a whole band like with the guitars and everything definitely completely different experience like night and day yeah I can imagine it feels a lot more powerful yeah definitely um so this uh the new album that's coming out um is it it's less about you, you kind of got the full band in there and mm -hmm. you actually went to a recording studio rather yes. than do it yourself. So how <laughs> yeah. was, what was that experience like? Because that means you have to manage a lot of people as well. You're mm -hmm. kind of the front person for this band. What's it mm -hmm. like to try and manage, you know, I don't know how many people are in this band, but mm -hmm. two, three, four different people and then teach them your songs as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think I'd probably been with these same band members for the past couple of years. So most of them did pretty much already know my music, but it was kind of learning how to do that was a rough jumping out point for sure. And I definitely still struggle with it just because ADHD plays out a lot. And so sometimes when I hear something that I don't like, I just get aggressive because if I don't immediately say what I'm thinking, I'm going to lose it. Or sometimes it'll just pop out. And sometimes I sound mean for sure. And I'm still trying to like work to filter out how to say everything that I want in a calm and like respectful way. Because I mean, it's so, I'm so lucky to have people who like and respect me enough and respect my music enough to actually be playing and be a part of the process that I think it's so important to um, be a good band leader in that mix. So it's it's a work in progress for sure. But um, something that also I struggled with was just translating what's in this like messed up brain up here, like in terms of just scrambled up and trying to pinpoint like, okay, let's go here. No, let's go here. And kind of figuring out that process in terms of like, okay, let's work through this first one step at a time. If it's not perfect, we don't need to stop in the middle and start from scratch. It's okay to keep going and then point out stuff along the way. So that's, it's also been kind of helping me manage just kind of um, just general ADHD stuff and figuring out how to communicate my emotions and communicate my feelings more as well. So it's been a learning process, but it's been an amazing process for sure. Yeah, it sounds like it's been really beneficial. And yeah. it's almost even better that a lot of the songs come from the first EP. So you've, mm -hmm. you've managed to kind of do it again, but the, in, a, in a way that you feel it's maybe a, a little bit, uh, you can be take more pride in it. Mm -hmm. um, what is the, what's the plan for kind of getting it out there? Have you got like a, a tour or are you, are you going to have a release party, anything like that? Yeah, I'm planning a release party at the moment. So the, 
since the EP, I, ha- I mean, the album, I haven't named it yet, actually. And since it's still in the kind of the works of mixing, mastering, I still have to do a couple more vocal takes. Um, still not totally sure as far as release date, um, kind of the entire plan for that. But there's going to be one for sure. I just have to kind of sit down and nail it all out. But I definitely would love to do come out of like a little, maybe like a mini tour around Vermont or New Hampshire or something like that. Definitely a release party, though, for sure. I'm really excited about it. Have you started writing for the second album? Is that now on your mind? Are you kind of gathering songs? And if so, have you seen a change in what you're writing about or the style? Yeah. So I've definitely started writing for the second album. Every th- I've written like seven songs that I love and all of them are not finished. <laughs> so it's definitely been kind of an, an internal battle to get those done. But um, something that's really cool is I'm noticing a really big shift in my songwriting where when I was, you know, partying in New Orleans a lot, that's kind of what this entire first album is, is, you know, just kind of low self-esteem and just, you know, I'm, I'm drinking all the time, so I'm not very happy. And, and this new album, it's, it's like right when I started running and I started really just kind of maintaining everything and really starting to feel good about myself and where I'm at. So it's a really, really big vibe shift for sure. Um, the songs are a lot more uplifting, which is, might be hard to imagine with my kind of sound, but they really are. I'm really excited about it for sure. Yeah, um, excited uh, to to hear this album when it comes out. Thank you. Um, you well, the the clock's ticking on getting a name because it sounds like it's it's coming mm-hmm. out imminent, imminently. But once you uh, do have it, please just give it to Bob and we'll stick it on the radio. Awesome, thank you guys. Well, we got time for about one more song. So, what are you gonna play us out with? Awesome. This one's called Brain Dead. Feel pretty quick. You were like.
like this in September And it's simple math When one pushes the other pulls back Till you both slip through the cracks playing is out with brain dead frankie before i let you go how do people listen to you how do people find you yeah thank you guys so much for having me i really appreciate it this is such an amazing uh community and space and i'm so happy this exists thank you guys um yeah so my name is frankie white you can follow me on instagram at frankie white music so it's frank ie that's important frankie white and on spotify and on apple music i'm just frankie white frank ie white thank you guys so much for having me i really appreciate it Oh, thank you so much for coming in. Well, you can catch us next week. We're going to have Sam Kearns in. Uh, but for, night, for tonight, this is your wrap. So this has been WOMMLP operating at Burlington, 105.9 The Radiator. It's been The Rocket Shop. I've been your host, Todd Proctor. And good night. Oh, thank you, guys. That was excellent. Thank you.